Welcome to In Search of the New Compassionate Male. My name is Clay Boykin. I support this podcast through my coaching practice. I help people visualize and harmonize, find direction and meaning, or simply get unstuck. Contact me at clayboykin.com for a free consultation. Now here's the latest episode of In Search of the New Compassionate Male. I had been thinking after you sent me the newspaper article about the discovery of Endurance, which was the ship that Ernest Shackleton sailed in the Antarctic. And it got me uh, curious. I bought a book that I've been meaning to read for years. People have told me I should. It's called Shackleton's Way. Mm. Oh, that's up there backwards. No, it's up there just fine. Is that out there for you? Yeah, just fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's leadership lessons from Shackleton. And some of them are sound trite. You know, you need to support your team and so forth and so on. But he he got stuck. He and his ship got stuck. And uh, eventually the ice opened up and the ship sank to the bottom of the ocean. The ship is called the Endurance. It was discovered two weeks ago, a hundred years to the day of his funeral. Oh my. Blew me away. So he, he is a guy who, who was a hail fellow well met. Men loved him, women loved him. But he was a compassionate male. He is, uh, he had six sisters growing up. So he even said, there's a certain feminine aspect to me. The guy is hurly-burly, you know. But what he meant was, there is a certain um, kind of compassion that he had, and that was called feminine back then. Mm -hmm. And some of his friends commented on it, but they loved the 27 crew members whose life he saved. But after the boat sank, he put them in lifeboats and walked across the frozen Antarctic desert, really, for a couple of years. And he saved them. And he would set up a tent over here for reading science and a tent over here for telling stories and had all kinds of activities. Everybody had something to do. He took an ordinary seaman who had joined him. I think his name was Sharp. And by near the end of this ordeal, Sharp had been so well trained that he took over as captain when Shackleton was gone. And he was just an ordinary guy. But he learned how to treat people well. After the fact... You can write down these principles. They've got all a, a chapter for every principle here. Leadership mm-hmm. lessons. Kind of like, well, it's kind of like Aesop's fairy tales. Mm-hmm. There's always a moral to the story. And people will say, oh, yeah, the moral to the story is, and this is something kind of glib and memorable, but not for long. Um, and it, usually doesn't go into much depth about how that happens, you know, how you treat people and how hard is it to accept the person and, and still 
not accept her bad behavior. How hard is that? Um, how hard is it to give a person who's grandiose what they seem to be needing while still teaching them the lesson that they need some humility? Mm-hmm. That's a lot harder than lashing out. Yeah. So it's a book I would recommend. It sounds like Shackleton and Zelensky have quite different backgrounds and frames of reference from which to lead. And uh, I kind of took it that Shackleton had a bit of a cavalier side to him yes he did he had, had, some... a, had a swagger <laughs> which sometimes you know may have gotten him into a little bit of trouble um but nonetheless you're right you know they became trapped in the ice how they got there was kind of a debate on whether they should have been there in the first place and he and i didn't realize this until i went back and studied it as well that he got everybody to another island, mm-hmm. to Elephant Island, I think. And then at some point he took two, three, four guys in one of the lifeboats and they traveled some 800 miles. And um, was it St. George's Island? I can't remember which island it was. Something like that. And they came yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, they went to that island. Then they had to hike over through ice, over to the other side, to the port, and then bring a ship back to pick up everybody. And you're right. He didn't lose a man. And those waters that he traveled are some of the world's roughest. You know, I mean, literally, uh, I had read that the swells, you know, the waves, easily 100 feet. How that boat didn't capsize, how they were able to, is a miracle. And how did they find that, that distance with all the adversity? How did they, how did they hit that island that they needed to hit? It's remarkable. And he had his shadows. Yeah. But here's something that I guess most people have to learn, if they're lucky, about your parents. I had a remarkable father who helped a lot of people in a lot of ways. I knew more about him than they did. I knew about his family. I knew what happened to him and what he saw and the culture he grew up in. Uh, He was a minister. And to this day, my friends say, he's the best preacher we ever had. You were so lucky. (laughs) Well, I couldn't talk about some of the things that had happened. And I used to think, I mean, this must happen with every thinking child. It's not the person you thought he was. Mm -hmm. Or many thinking children, anyway. Um, But you know what? It didn't negate all of the good that he did. He 
he reached more people than I did. He, I may not have agreed with his theology, uh, I, but you know what? It wasn't really my job to go out and say, yeah, well, if you really knew what happened then. No, that was not my job. My job was to accept what he really did, really did do. He got people out of prison. He got drunk sober. He did a lot. Mm. And um, that stands for all time, too. That's why it's so important not to judge somebody. I, I did look at the video you told me about, you know, kind of another side of Shackleton. Right. And uh, I'm sure it's all true. Um, it's not that I choose not to look at it. I think it's important to see it for balance. Mm-hmm. But it also does not negate this astonishing series of rescues and and advancements he made in the hearts of his his people, his men, and, and eventually in the public, or the, the lessons that he's taught. Right. And when I wrote Greenleaf's biography, I tried to just tell the story, but the story included the fact that he wasn't that good of a father when he was younger. <clears throat> so I I wasn't an investigative journalist. I just felt like it was a function of he was born in 1904. He's a 19th century male. Uh, he had problems with his anima. Uh, a number of things like that. No excuses. It's just there. Mm-hmm. And I got to know his children. And so to me, heroes are far more believable and useful for our behavior when we know some of that. They become human. Yes. They become human. I think that's what I see in Zelensky. You know, he's, he's a he's a brilliant person and he's leading with his heart yeah. you know he's leading with his heart in the in a similar way in opening people up in the similar way that you did in that classroom with those poems and it just goes goes back to we are all just under the surface and this is a generality, but I really feel it, that just on the surface, there's this welling up that, that we want to connect like that. We want to touch each other like that. We want to be human. We, we don't want to be judged. You know, I don't want to be judged. So often, all I want is to be heard. And I can't intellectually cause that to happen. But if I go at it from the heart, I can be heard. And that's what I think I see Zelensky doing. Mm. Me too. And especially after I watched the video that you sent me of the duo that he's saying with a woman, Endless Love. I swear he could have got 
on America's next idol. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. It was it was beautiful. I'm thinking about a visit I made to Australia. The two sisters, oh, I didn't visit Australia, take that back. The two sisters told me this story. It was so vivid. I thought I was in Australia. Hmm. We were talking about servant leadership. They, they were told me this story. They said, you know, let us tell you what we think servant leadership is. I said, oh, good. I said, our father lost his arm in an accident, in a farming accident. We went to dinner after he'd more or less recovered. Uh, he didn't have a prosthetic arm. He just had the stump. We went to dinner one night, and he loved steak. So he ordered steak. The waitress came back with a perfectly cooked steak that she had pre-cut. She knew that he had no way to hold a knife for leverage, didn't want to sort of be embarrassed by watching somebody else have to cut his meat. And he raised cattle. So that was a pretty big deal. So when people ask us what servant leadership is, we say, that's servant leadership. It's that waitress cutting his meat, making no big deal about it. She's accepting him for who he was, not demeaning him or going, oh, what happened? I'm just thinking, I haven't seen every one of your podcasts, but I've seen a number of them. How has this changed you? You're in this position where you have hooked up with astonishing people. And people, I've been, you know, in your podcast, I've, I'm often just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Me <can't>, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of you guys. But um, I'm just asking you, just past the milestone of your 100th pod- podcast. That's right. Do you think it's changed you? Oh, gosh, it has. Um, you know, this podcast, I believe, is going to be 109. Let me look here. Yeah. This will be episode 109. And I've learned so much about myself. And so much of it I can't verbalize. It's a feeling. Um, I can tell you one thing. That when I... Uh, I had the sense that, you know, there's this element of compassion that's, that's, that's there. It's real. And I really feel like more and more men have got it. And it's just under the surface. It's, it's welling up to come out. And I said, I, you know, I got to start a podcast. COVID's here. I can't go to, back to Africa. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to pivot and do a podcast. And, uh, but it was sometime prior to that, I guess, that um, I said, I don't have the answer. If I come out of here and start saying there's a new compassionate male and this is who he is, you know, 
I'm sunk. I'm really in search of. I'm really in search of this new compassionate male. I'm, in, I'm in a, on a quest. And I didn't recognize it at the time other than I'm just being honest, but how engaging that is. Because I'm coming and asking, you know, what is a compassionate male? How do we raise compassion consciousness with men? How do we bring it out in them? It's there. It's innate. You know, Dr. James Doty, you know, their studies at uh, Stanford. But yeah, we're born with it. It's got to be nurtured. But, um, but it's been affirming because the more and more I ask the question or invite people to join me in the search, the more momentum it gains. And um, it's humbling. And it's given me lots of time to reflect. Thank goodness to COVID. You know, the, the, the time to, to pause. It's given me lots of time to reflect in a huge Amazon bill. Because every time I'm talking to somebody, there's, oh, this is a great book. You know, okay, I got to buy it. <laughs> I know. I know. Sandra uh, gave me orders the last time I was getting some books, and she said, two, that's your limit for today. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can justify. I mean, okay, well, I didn't drive, you know, 40 miles today, so I can buy a book. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, you do that in search of is critical because I do feel like you've got the the uh, all terrain vehicle loaded at the edge of the savannah and you're saying, come on, hop on in and let's go see the wonders of this person, of these ideas. I'm just trying to stay on the road. I don't know quite where we're going because they also tell us where to go. I mean, that is uh, a part of such a big part of the lure of your podcast. Besides you guys and and <laughs> the brilliance of the guests, yeah. it, it is exciting. So it is, and each guest. Thought, if you thought about it, you wouldn't have come up with it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, and. You know, and, and well, who's who's the next guest? You know, and you know, I don't know, but yeah, it, it, it evolves, it evolves, it's gained momentum. Early on, I'd spend hours and hours and hours, I still do, editing podcasts because I'm putting it out in video as well as just audio, and that adds a whole nother dimension to things. And as I've learned how to use iMovie, you know, mm-hmm. I've found that I love working in iMovie and I can just. Hours can go by as I'm just trying to splice these two words together just right, you know. And uh, one thing, Dennis, you know, my uh, co-host, Dennis Tardon, uh, one thing he would say early on, he said, Clay, done is better than good. <laughs> Just do the, like a producer. That's good. Do the reps. Do another one. Do another one. Do another one. And that was, I, I tell him every time we're together, 
when he says, you know, thanks for having me along. And I tell him every time, Dennis, I wouldn't be here without you. And I mean that two ways. You know, I wouldn't. The podcast would not have gone without his background and experience. He's got 45 years in television and interviewing. Hmm. So he's been the underpinning for me. And uh, so the podcast would not have be where it is if it wasn't for his guidance in the background and in his presence in our interviews. And, um, and for that reason, I wouldn't be here without him. You know, (laughs) always going to, always going to have him. Uh, he's out with family this week. But, um, how has the podcast changed me? It's given me a, an incredible desire to read, to research, and to learn. And it's given me the permission really not to have the answers and not feel like I've always got to sum things up. Mm-hmm. I've always got to put it all in order, you know, make a little notebook with all my notes, that it's there, that I can trust that I'm absorbing it. And at the right time, it'll it'll come back out. Uh, I felt like I've been drinking from a fire hose a lot. I'll bet. Yeah. And I tell you, there's not a day go by that I don't hear dad. You know, when I was young, Clay, you need to read. You need to read. Get a book. Read. And... Uh, and I had reading difficulties, and so I didn't. And uh, so in a lot of ways, this is bringing me into the book. And uh, not into a Kindle or anything electronic. I've got, I've got to have the book. <laughs> me too, Clay. Yeah. <laughs> Write in it, mark in it, draw in it. You know, argue in it. Argue in it. Make it my own. Make it my own. So I don't know if that answers the question. But, uh, well, thank you. <clears throat> yeah. It's such an enviable job. Uh, oh, my gosh. I can, I can buy out Amazon in that category because I'm going to be talking with him. <laughs> Whoever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But the older I get, I, the older I get, the more I keep saying the older I get. It's pathetic. The older I get, I find that my memory works differently. I don't feel it slipping away. I find it going way back and bringing up things that have been there since I learned them 40 years ago, and I never used them before. Or I didn't think I did. I didn't think I remembered them well enough to even refer to them directly. And suddenly, boing, it just kind of pop in my field of vision. I can see the words sometimes. I haven't thought about that in years. I get that. You know, in my my private coaching, I, you know, doing coaching with 
young fellows and both men and women. I'm doing some business coaching. And uh, I'm surprised how the circumstance, what comes up, uh, just in, in what I've also learned in, in, in getting much more deeply into the coaching is how much I took for granted. Well, if I know this, everybody knows this. No, they don't. No, they don't. And it's been exciting because to be a part of someone's evolution and to be able to contribute a tool or a thought here or there and let them work with that and say, yeah, that works for me or no, it doesn't work. Let's go to the next one, you know, and, and be a guide, bring resources and grow together with each one of these people. That's um, God's work. It really is. I, I feel like I, I learn with every session. Mm-hmm. I learn about my, more about myself and how I can be more present. Um, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be bringing the, the tools and the background <clears throat> to the coaching if I wasn't, if I wasn't on this path in search. Well, behalf of hundreds and hundreds of people, I certainly thank you for doing this. And that includes my dear brother, too, who introduced me to you, and you've affected him in so many positive ways. So I'm quite grateful for you. Well, thanks, Don. This is going to be an interesting podcast to edit. I'm gonna I s I'm gonna savor it. Oh, and uh, by by the way, do you know who uh This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has. I I always so much appreciate our time together. I never know where it, it's gonna go and I'm always excited that I don't. Well, in honor of you, I did not take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, Thanks again, Don. I really appreciate you joining me today. Yeah, this was an interesting topic. Yeah. I wouldn't have come up with it. <laughs> well, I'll keep you posted. And, okay. Uh, yeah, let's keep our dialogue going. I always get so much out of sharing thoughts and ideas, and I learn so much from you. So, thank you. Me too. Take care. Talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. Check out the latest episode of In Search of the New Compassionate Male on your favorite podcast station.